if, out of all the presents that you could have, out of all the presents that you could have, you know, like if we're honest, we get gifts and, you know, if we're honest, they're good gifts, sometimes they're great gifts. But what do you think is the best gift? You know, giving gifts is quite tricky. Uh, my wife is a very good gift giver, so I just, I just earn the money and I just give it to her and she does the rest kind of thing. But giving gifts is, is, is really tricky. Um, there's five different types of gift givers, right? Uh, number one, people who give them what I think they like. I think they like board shorts, so I'm going to buy them board shorts. Secondly, I give them what I like. doesn't actually matter what they like. I like TV, so I'm going to buy them a TV. Um, the third type of gift giver is to give them what is trending, right? They just go to the store, and whatever is at the front, whatever is at the top, as long as it's in the price range, bang, just get that. Fourth, give them whatever the same value of what they gave me last year. Some people give gifts like that, right? Like they, they okay, your friend gave you a $50 gift. Well, then this year, I'm going to give him a $50 gift. And then finally, there's the non-giver. Non-givers give only non-tangible things like hugs and loves and, and my friendship or some cheap thing like that. Um, what are you? What are you, one of those five? Um, you know, if you're listening in the kids' talk, the question that we want to ask today is, what's the best gift? What is the best gift? What is the best gift that you've ever received? Um, and the answer, the, the short answer is the one we're going to land on. The, the gift is, is, is God. But I want to answer the question, what is the best gift? I think the, the gift that is the most important is not necessarily the one that you want but it's actually the one that you need. You know, if we looked at those photos of those kids, you know, none of those kids would have benefited from the latest iPhone 11. None of those kids would have benefited from, you know, buying them the latest Barbie toy because it's not what they needed. Problem is, we give gifts to, to people of, of what, we think they would like what they're into these days, but we don't really think about, really, well, what does that person need? What does that person need? Sometimes we just give them gifts of what we like, and that's quite selfish. You know, giving gifts of the latest trends are quite impersonal, and, and trends change all the time. What's cool this year is not going to be cool next year. You know, well, the one trying to match dollar for dollar isn't a gift more so. That's just a transaction. And well, the non-giver, well, there's nothing in that. You know, I fall for this trap all the time, especially with my kids. I have four kids. And so they tell me what they want, what they really, really want. And I listen thinking that's really what they desire. It's really what they want. So this is, you know, they, they, they come and tell me this is what I want. And okay, okay, fine. And then I usually fall for that trap. I buy that gift, and then a month later, the gift is gone, or the gift is broken, or you don't see that gift ever again. I want to give them something that they need, because that's the best gift. My job as the parent is to know the child as best as possible and find the gift of not really what they want, because if I just keep giving them what they want, they're just going to keep getting Pokemon cards. 
every time. Pokemon cards, Yu-Gi-Oh cards, all these cards, right? My job is to give the gifts that they would really appreciate, which is the one that they need. You know, my, my 12-year-old son, he could keep asking me for these little toys, these little collectibles, but as a parent, I'll tell him, hey, you're going to high school next year. Instead of getting these little collectibles, let's pull that money together and buy you a, a new computer that you're going to need for school. Or my six-year-old daughter could tell me that she wants the latest Barbie again. Again and again and again. And I, and I need to make that call. I need to make that call and tell her, hey, I understand that you want a new Barbie, but actually what you probably need is some new clothes so you don't wear the same thing or wear them out because you're outgrowing your old ones. The best gifts are the ones that are always linked with our greatest needs. And so if that's the case, the question that we ask this morning is, what is our greatest need? Really, what is our greatest need? When you woke up this morning and you were like, I want this present under the tree, what was it that you were thinking? Really, was it the newest iPhone? Was that your greatest need? Really, was it new t-shirts, new jeans? Really, was it the giant inflatable swan that you can put in your pool? Is that your greatest need? I thought, well, instead of me telling you this, why don't we let Santa tell you, because Santa knows everyone, why don't we let Santa tell you what our greatest need is? I'm going to watch a, a video. When Santa learned the gospel, he first heard it from an elf. This tiny Santa's helper had just learned of it herself. A child had asked for Christmas to receive a Bible book. This elf had made one in the shop, then paused to have a look. She read all about Jesus and the call to follow him. She learned how Jesus lived and taught and died to pay for sin. She learned how Jesus rose again and how he will return. And then this elf read how she should respond to all she'd learned. She shut the book, put down her tools, then closed her eyes and prayed. Right then and there, this little elf trusted in Christ that day. The next day, she told Santa. It was awkward, unprepared. She knew she didn't know that much, but what she knew, she shared. She told Santa the gospel. It was simple. It was short. But a seed was sown in Santa's heart, which grew into a thought. Santa reflected on his life and the message he supported then compared it to the gospel that the elf had just reported. He'd always thought that everyone was naughty or was nice. He had them all on two big lists. He even checked it twice. He'd always thought you only got a gift if you'd been good. The naughty kids got lumps of coal. That's what he understood. They'd all line up in shopping malls and sit upon his knee and claimed that they were always nice, as nice as nice can be. Of course, he saw them when they slept and knew when they awoke. He also knew their nice attempts were pretty much a joke. Their heads weren't filled with thoughts as nice as kindness, peace and joy, but with a never-ending list of their desired toys. 
knew their hearts, but he had thought, they're trying to be good. That's good enough to make the list, otherwise no one would. So every year, they're good enough, with toys would be rewarded. And every year he realised this message he supported. The good will get the presents, the bad will get the coal, and trying to be good enough is good enough for God. That was the message that he knew, but now he knew another. He had just learned the gospel, so he compared them to each other. The message of the gospel turned his message upside down. The good, the bad, naughty and nicer, it switched it all around. There's no one good but God alone, he'd heard Jesus concluded, and those who claim they're good enough are simply just deluded. If there's a list of who is good, that standard we've all missed. And Santa saw that even he was on the naughty list. That shook his world, that rocked his boat, that gripped him in his soul. To think that even Santa Claus deserved a lump of coal. But that was only half of what the gospel message said. It also flipped what happened to the naughty on its head. Instead of being written off as just not good enough, the message to the naughty list was one of grace and love. The gospel offered mercy to all those deserving coal. The gospel offered forgiveness and cleansing of the soul. The gospel told how Jesus died our death to pay the price, to reconcile us all to God both naughty and the nice. This offer was a real gift. Unlike presents neath the tree, it was not earned by being good. God offered it for free. Santa compared his message with this new one he had learned. His message said you get the presents your good deeds had earned. The message of the gospel offered something so much greater. Jesus had come to reconcile the world to their creator. When Santa grasped the gospel, he did not know what to do. And so the elf said nervously, "Uh, How about I pray with you? So that night at the North Pole, By the fire in his den, with a simple prayer led by an elf, Santa was born again. And now in Christ, forgiven, free, his new life had begun. And Santa had a new message to share with everyone. What do you think our greatest need is? I can tell you right now, it's not technology. I can tell you right now that anything under that tree that you woke up to this morning, or anything in your inbox, 
that's not our greatest need. Is really our greatest need more stuff, more money, bigger houses, more possessions? Is our greatest need to be popular, to be, have the most amount of friends? Is our greatest need to be happy all the time? You know, what's interesting is you look at the people that have those things, the people that are famous, the people that are rich, and you look at their lives and you think, well, they, they, they seem to have it all, and yet, are they satisfied? Are they content? Do they have everything? The answer is no. Actually, they look miserable. They look like they're empty. They're looking like they're always looking for ways to escape their realities through abuse of substances or traveling or spending ridiculous amounts of money on, on nothing, and, and nothing changes. So surely money and fame cannot be our greatest need. Friends, our greatest need is not anything that is of this world. Our greatest need is God himself. Compared to anything else in this world, there is no real comparison to what God can offer. It's the same message that we shared with the kids. Is the reason why God is our greatest need is, is because of our situation. We don't need a new car. We don't need to be married. We don't need, you know, to travel. If you look at our situation as people, it's not that we don't have money or we don't have things and possessions, but the biggest hole in our life is actually sin. See, we don't get God because of sin. Sin just means anything that misses the standard of God. Anything that misses the standard of God. And because of Adam and Eve, in the story in the beginning of the Bible, it tells us that Adam and Eve sinned. They disobeyed God. And they pretty much said, well, God, you created us, but you know what? We don't need you. We're going to be our own God. And because of that, all humanity is born into sinful nature. And the Bible tells us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So it says in Romans 3, why is sin a big issue? Because sin is like a virus. Sin is like a disease. And it eats our soul. But the problem with sin is this. It's not just that sin will ruin your life. It's that sin will determine your eternity. See, the other thing about all of these things that we think that we need and that we want, whatever you decide, you know what? When you die, that's it. Whatever decision you made in your life, when you die, the consequences of that decision, that's it. You choose someone to get married, and when you die, that's it. Right? You choose a certain type of car, when you die, that's it. Every dollar in your pocket, in your bank account, when you die, disappears. Not sin. Sin is the one thing that it actually carries over into the next. And depending on where you stand with God, you either get to be with God in heaven or you get to be without God in hell. See, sin's a big issue because Scripture tells us that the wages of sin, the consequences of sin is death. We're not just talking about physical death, but we're talking about spiritual death. 
I know sometimes when we talk about the spiritual things, it's hard for us to understand because we live in a physical world. We live in a world that is ruled by our five senses. But the reality is, actually before the physical realm was created, there was a spiritual world. That's why when we read Scripture in the Bible, the first verse, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, which means that before the heavens and earth were created, God existed. Where did God exist? He existed in the spiritual realm. And can I tell you, there will be a day where everything that we see, everything that we can touch, everything that we feel, everything that we can smell, it will disappear. The physical realm, the physical world that we live in will end, but the spiritual realm will continue. Now think about this. If your soul is dying, right? If, if, if you're on a boat that's going down the river towards a massive waterfall, Right, which is death, eternity, death, um, hell, whatever you want to call it. I don't know if at that point you're sort of like, well, it's Christmas, I want a brand new car. I want a brand new phone. You know, I, I don't know if, 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 if see, the, the reason for us, we need to understand that the gift that we need the most is not necessarily what we want, but actually what we need. It's us having a real real understanding of our situation. Imagine you met a blind man, a man that could not see from his eyes. And you said to him, hey, you, you, I can give you whatever you want for Christmas this year. Do you really think that the man would say, well, I would like the brand new PlayStation 4? He wouldn't. Why? Because that isn't the man's greatest need. The man's greatest need is that he's blind. If he could ask for anything, what would he ask for? He'd be asking for the ability to see. If the man asked, hey, can I get a PlayStation 4? You would think this man is crazy. You can't see and you want a PlayStation. Something's wrong. You've got your priorities all mixed up. But that's the same mix-up when humanity doesn't deal with the sin problem and just wants stuff. What we need and what we want are completely different. But I'm telling you today, friends, what you need is God. But we don't get God. We can't get God because of our sin. See, God is sinless. God is perfect. We're not whether because of our nature or because of our action, our thought and our deed. If we're honest, if we're honest, all of us will admit that we don't have our lives together. And that's okay. I'm the first to admit it. But that's why Christmas is so important for us. See, the gift of Jesus is what we celebrate today. Christmas is the symbolic day of God's own son, Jesus. See, God knew that on our own, we could never become sinless. We could never find ourselves in a place to be in the presence of God. And so God, and this is what John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. See, God sent Jesus. And that's what we're celebrating. Right? Jesus came and, and was born. And, and, and He would one day die on the cross. See, dying on the cross 
you know, I, you know, so many of us, we, we have the, the cross necklace, and we've got crosses in our, our homes, and we celebrate that, but, but actually the symbol of the cross was capital punishment. It was, it was the punishment that was reserved for the worst of the worst criminals. It was offensive. It's like if you had, uh, uh, you know, a necklace and you had an, a little electric chair. People would be offended by that. But that's what the cross is. That's what the criminals, not just any criminals, but the worst criminals, that's what it was reserved for. And yet, Jesus, the Son of God, He'll die on that cross. And He'll die to take the penalty that you and I deserve because of our sin. Why did God send Jesus to do that? Because He loves us. When you love someone, wouldn't you do what you could for that person? You know, whether we think they're right or wrong. I use my kids as an example, right? My kids, they're good now. No, that's a lie. They're not, they're not even good now. They're kids, but you know, they'll get worse. You know, they'll hit puberty. They'll get tough. They'll hit, you know, post-puberty. You know, they'll hit the 20s. You know, you, you know. Or some of you know. Some of you know better than others, you know, but that's okay. You know, my job as a parent is to love and support them. My job isn't necessarily just to correct them all the time, but regardless of what happens in their life, I'm going to do what it takes to support and to love them. Why? Because that's my job as the father. And that's why God gave us His Son, Jesus. Because he gave us the gift that we needed the most because it dealt with our greatest issue in our lives. Now let me ask you, what gift will you receive today that will save your soul? What gift will you receive today that will give you peace? What gift will you receive at Christmas that will change the destination of your eternity? Can I tell you, 90% of the gifts that you receive today will not exist in a year's time. That t-shirt that you got, or that I got, you know, that, that new phone, that, you know, these get they're temporary. They break. They go out of fashion. Some of you have already received gifts. Be honest, you already rewrapped them and sent them off to someone else. What gift will you receive that compares to the gift that God gives to us? There is none. It doesn't even come close. I was thinking about this. What's the greatest gift that you can ever receive in your lifetime? For some people, it's the gift of a house, maybe an inheritance from your parents. It changes your life. It does. For some ladies, it's the big rock on the tiny ring, that proposal changes your life. Some, it's the brand new car. I don't even know what that is. Sounds like a car. <laughs> you know, these gifts, yeah, they're big. And yeah, they can make a, an impact in your life, but... But remember what I said before? 
What happens when you die? What happens when you die about those gifts? What happens to the car when you die? What happens to that big house when you die? What happens to all that money in your bank account when you die? What happens to your family? What happens to your kids? See, this is the thing. This is, this is what I'm trying to get across to you today. Is everything that we do on earth, when you die, the consequences of those decisions finish. But when you receive the gift of Jesus, the consequences of that gift just continue on. That's why Jesus is the greatest gift we ever needed. 2 Corinthians 9.15 Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Friends, ask yourself what is it that you really want and what, what is it that you really need at this moment? What will bring you happiness? What will bring you joy? What will bring you peace? And will it last? Will it last next year? Will it last 10 years? Will it last after you die? God gives us His Son, Jesus. And as we celebrate Christmas in this place, in this new church that we have that God has gifted us, maybe it's, maybe it's just a thought you need to have. Maybe, maybe seriously, just for the first time, maybe you need to consider some of these things that we've been talking about. What is it that you really need? Not want. What is it that you really need? I pray that this Christmas maybe things will look a little bit different. I'm not against gift giving at all, even the temporary stuff. After service, I will receive all the gifts that you have brought for me today. Thank you in advance. I'll take iPhones, the, the car, the houses, whatever you want to give, I'll take it all. You know, I'm not against spending time with family. Please spend time with family. Please spend time with those who you love. And I want to encourage you, and I did this on Sunday, please look after each other. Look after those that don't have people around them. You know? No one should do Christmas alone. But maybe this Christmas, not just those things, maybe just instead of wanting things that will rust and go out of style, maybe ask yourself, what is it that? I really need? Is it Jesus? What is it that gives me real meaning and purpose in my life? And I pray that it would be Jesus. He is the greatest gift that we all need. Let's pray.